He already trusted his master with his life. They had been on difficult missions together. He had known him since he was a boy. Every mission brought them closer. Why did they have to take a detour for what seemed to be an elaborate game? They skimmed over a meadow lush with wildflowers and tall green grass. Above the grassy field, snow-capped mountains hugged the tiny meadow. The sky was deep blue, streaked with violet. Anakin could almost smell the fresh scent of the flowers. He had never seen such a lush world with so many vivid colors. Ren landed the craft expertly in a sheltered spot, tucked into the rocky side of the mountain. He accessed the landing ramp and turned to them. Remember, you must leave your comlinks aboard ship. No homing devices or droids can be used. You must rely on each other and the Force. Anakin and Obi-Wan nodded. They both knew these things, but it was part of the ritual that Ren repeat them. They placed their comlinks in Ren's hand, and he stowed them in the secure storage bin. If you can't find me, we will meet back here in ten days. Pausing only to sling a survival kit over his shoulder, Ren nodded a goodbye. May the Force be with you. His gray eyes twinkled. You'll need it. Ren ran lightly down the ramp. He swung himself up on a flat rock, then jumped to another. Within moments, he had disappeared. Ren is certainly looking forward to puzzling us, Obi-Wan observed. He really should get out more, Anakin said. Obi-Wan turned to Anakin. Do you think Ren is taking this too seriously? No, Anakin said hesitantly. But I don't understand why a Jedi Knight would want to spend his time this way when he could be on missions. Ren has been on hundreds of missions, Obi-Wan said with a frown. He has served for most of his life. Now he wishes to give back his knowledge to the Padawans. It is a noble gesture. Noble, but boring, Anakin thought. He thought it better not to share the thought with his master. How long do we give him? he asked instead. Just a few hours. Obi-Wan answered. Time enough for us to explore the surroundings a bit and have a meal, you'll be glad to hear. We'll be on rations and protein cubes once we leave, but we can raid the ship's galley now. Obi-Wan gave Anakin a piercing look. This is designed to teach us, Anakin, but it is also supposed to be fun. Of course, Master. Anakin didn't want Obi-Wan to think he wasn't looking forward to the exercise. He knew Obi-Wan had been here twice with Qui-Gon and treasured the memory. Anakin wanted to have that same experience with his master. Obi-Wan heated up a meal for them, which they ate, sitting in the meadow surrounded by flowers. The morning sun was a brilliant yellow, casting its warmth on Anakin's skin. He ate quickly, anxious to start the day. Qui-Gon and I tracked a Jedi named Winzo Bacart, Obi-Wan said, pushing aside his plate and leaning back on his elbows. It was our second trip to Ragoon 6. On the first trip, we had to cut the exercise short. I didn't know why at the time, but Qui-Gon had received a disturbing vision about Tal. I've heard about her, Anakin said. She was supposed to be brilliant. She was. Brilliant and funny and kind. She was unique. Obi-Wan looked out over the meadow. She was a great friend of Qui-Gon's. I don't know if he ever truly accepted her death. But a Jedi must accept death. Anakin said. It is part of life. Yes, Obi-Wan said quietly, his gaze still far away. That was the difficulty for Qui-Gon. What do you mean? Anakin wanted to ask. But something stopped him. 
Sometimes when Obi-Wan spoke of his master, he became distant. Anakin could tell by the expression on his face. He did not want to intrude by asking prying questions. Silence fell between them. Anakin was used to that. Usually their silences felt comfortable. This one was not. Anakin watched Obi-Wan's face. He saw the quiet yearning there. Obi-Wan was missing Qui-Gon. And for the first time, it bothered Anakin. He wasn't feeling jealous of Qui-Gon, Anakin told himself. It wasn't that. He had loved Qui-Gon too. Something else was bothering him about his master's preoccupation. Maybe it was because he was still envious of their relationship. Obi-Wan had taken Anakin on as his Padawan with reluctance. Anakin had always sensed that. Qui-Gon had believed in him, and Qui-Gon's belief had influenced Obi-Wan. How could Obi-Wan ignore his beloved master's dying wish? Anakin had thought himself lucky at the time to arrive at the temple already chosen by a Jedi Knight. It was unheard of. Now that he was 14, he had seen his fellow Jedi students wait and hope to be chosen by a Jedi Knight. He had talked to his new friend, True Veld, about it. True had told him about how his master, Rhaegal, had studied him. True had felt Rhaegal's eyes on him during lightsaber matches, during classes, even walking around the temple. They had shared many conversations together. When Rhaegal had officially chosen True at last, he had felt hurt. Anakin, too, had always felt honored to be Obi-Wan's Padawan. But why, Anakin suddenly wondered, Obi-Wan did not choose me. Today, for the first time, Anakin saw the difference. Then a new thought pierced his heart. Had Obi-Wan brought him here as a desperate act, to develop a closeness he did not feel? Chapter 2 Obi-Wan didn't dwell on the past. It was not the Jedi way. But his master was still part of his life, more a constant companion than a memory. On Ragoon 6, it was hard not to drift back to the past. On his first visit here, Qui-Gon had received a vision that Tall was in danger. He had not told Obi-Wan... They had left abruptly and had ended up going after Tall against the wishes of the Council. In that dangerous mission, Qui-Gon's vision had come true. Tall had died, but not before Qui-Gon had risked everything, including his way on the Jedi path, to declare his love for her. These were all things Obi-Wan had not known at the time. Some of them Qui-Gon had told him later. Others, Obi-Wan had realized himself. Qui-Gon had never spoken of his love for Tall. It was a place within him too deep for Obi-Wan to go. He was not invited there. Now he had a Padawan, and he understood Qui-Gon's sense of privacy. There were things it had been better for him not to know. But how do you know what to share with your Padawan and what to keep to yourself? There were times when Qui-Gon's silence had annoyed or hurt him. Yet in the end, it had not mattered. Nothing had mattered except the bond between them. He wanted to have this bond with Anakin. He knew it would develop over time. Why was he in such a hurry to make it happen? Something was driving him on, but he did not know what it was. It was as though Anakin would slip out of his grasp if he did not secure him. He had to do all the right things, the way Qui-Gon had done. Obi-Wan thought back to his second visit to Ragoon 6. 
It had been close to the time he and Qui-Gon left for Naboo on what would become their last mission together. But on Ragoon 6, that ending was far away. They had enjoyed the tracking exercise, the time together, the break from their missions. For even then, they had known that the galaxy was changing. Missions were more numerous. Trouble spots erupted constantly. The Senate called for their help more often. It had been difficult to find the time for the training exercise, but Qui-Gon had insisted on it. He had promised Obi-Wan that they would return to Ragoon 6. When Obi-Wan had pointed out that they had plenty of time, a fleeting look of deep sadness had crossed Qui-Gon's face. It seems there is always time when you are young, he'd said. But you cannot hold a moment, Padawan. It runs out like water in your fist. You must seize it when you can, even as it falls away. Obi-Wan could have kicked himself. He thought at the time that he had reminded Qui-Gon of Tall. He had, he supposed, but now he also knew that Qui-Gon was thinking of how fast time could pass and how crowded a life could become. Remembering this had spurred Obi-Wan on to slot the time for this visit with Anakin. It hadn't been easy. The Jedi Council needed master, Padawan teams. Yet Yoda and the Council were always careful to grant a request for this training mission. They had seen how many times it had strengthened the ties between a master and an apprentice. Would it strengthen theirs? Obi-Wan hoped so. He knew Anakin wasn't looking forward to the exercises he was. Anakin wanted to be doing serious things. He was anxious to prove himself on missions, anxious to see the galaxy. This time together would be a pause before a future Anakin was eager to meet. Obi-Wan hoped that the exercise would not be too tame for someone as gifted as Anakin. That was why he had asked Ren to participate. Anakin might smile at how seriously Ren took his role, but he would soon appreciate how challenging Ren's cleverness could be. Obi-Wan stood. Come, Padawan, it is time to go. They took off in the direction Ren had gone. At first, the tracking was easy. Ren had not bothered to hide the clues that a Jedi would catch. A disturbance of leaves on the forest floor, the slight indentation of a heel. After two hours, they were momentarily stumped when they could not pinpoint his direction, until Anakin plucked a silver-gray hair from a leaf. This way, he said, pointing and self-satisfied. Behind Anakin, Obi-Wan shook his head. Sometimes he felt there was so little he needed to teach his Padawan. Even to Obi-Wan, who knew him so well, Anakin's command of the Force could be astonishing. Ren had better come up with his most clever tricks, or Anakin would follow through on his promise and find him by nightfall. By midday, Anakin and Obi-Wan had to admit they were lost. Ren's clues had grown increasingly difficult, and Anakin's cocky confidence had hardened into a dogged resolution. <laughs> 